everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. First, thank you for listening to the podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. If it's your first time here, we talk about gaming and video game news. No, gaming and movie news <laughs> and reviews as well. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And it's time for the usual news segment that comes first. I'll start off with kind of the most recent one that I found out uh, just while scrolling Twitter. Idris Elba tweeted out that, uh, or kind of teased that he may be the voice of Knuckles for Sonic the Movie <laughs> 2. Yeah. It's it's almost confirmed that he's going to be uh, Knuckles for Sonic 2, but like I, I didn't see any sort of like confirmation from the studio or something. It just had him, and it was you know Knuckles' fist. So that's what that's what we got out of that. It's an interesting take. I don't know that like everybody in the world was asking for another Sonic movie, but the first one wasn't terrible, so I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one, and they just came. If they're bringing on Idris Elba, it seems like they're bringing on some star power. Yeah, you know that that worked well for one of the other movies that we're about to talk about toward the end of the podcast. And Idris Elba, I like him. Everything he's been in is just really good. So I'm yeah. just going to keep it up, and hopefully he uh, he's a good voice actor as well. I just I didn't expect them to be casting Idris Elba as Knuckles of all people. <laughs> it's a but weird pick. Yeah, like I'm I'm used to I'm going to have to get used to Knuckles with like an English accent. And yeah. as long as like Idris can still sound pissed, I guess, because sometimes like I don't know, like sometimes I can't tell if he's pissed or not. Like his voice always seems to s- stay the same tone Then I think it'll work out well. Yeah, I agree. I am interested to see what they decide to do with those movies or where they decide to go. But I enjoy Knuckles as a character, so. I think they'll go well with each other, kind of bouncing off each other. Uh, Let's stay on the uh, movie topic because I have another one here. We have Warner Brothers. Uh, Next year, 2022, they will not be doing the HBO Max day one release with uh, theaters, uh, which I think was already known for the most part. But what they did add here is that they're doing a 45 day deal with theaters. Um, normally your deal with theaters is 30 days, so they're extending it to 45. I'm assuming probably after the 45 is when they'll end up on HBO max. Um, so as much as I've enjoyed watching all these movies that have come out on HBO max and are still coming out, um, once we hit like January, I think I'm, I'm going to have to start going to the theaters again. Yeah, and like stay on that topic. One of I think the reasons that this is happening is because Suicide Squad did not have a good opening. Yep. Or a mediocre opening. Like really when we say only opened up to twenty six point five million dollars over the weekend, it it's disappointing in the fact that this movie was expected to do a lot more, but they've kind of hit this and we knew this was gonna hit theaters because the HBO Max deal. Like a lot of people have HBO Max and yep. Even your cable subscription sometimes comes with HBO Max. So you have that. And then on top of that, with the new COVID Delta, uh, Delta variant coming out and becoming more of a thing and infecting more people, less people are trying to go to the movies right now, which yep. Suicide, Suicide Squad deserved better uh, when I went to watch it. It definitely does. Yeah, I agree. It's one that I probably would have seen in theaters, but again... It was just easier to watch it from my house since I have HBO Max. So I get it. I, I want to know like what the numbers are of people who watched it at home because I'm sure it's a decent amount. So I don't think that like 
the amount of people viewing it is a loss for Suicide Squad, but for sure the money is a big issue here because I'm sure it costs more than that to make this movie. But again, it's just one I weekend. Have to... <laughs> yeah, and hopefully it will continue to maybe grow a little bit more, make a little bit more money, but I this this movie should do really well. It's one of the most positively reviewed movies of the year. Yeah. So Agreed. Hopefully they find hopefully they find a Suicide Squad finds a way to make it out alive. <laughs> Next up for me is going to be August 18th. The Tales of Arise demo is coming out. This is a new game from the Tales series. And me personally, like this is kind of my public thing to say, like, go out and try this demo when it comes out. Like the Tales series has come like they're doing so much stuff different with this Tales of Arise that I really think people are going to like it. I am really excited for what this game is going to be uh, going to be bringing to the table. And like this is anticipated, like one of my, you know, top 10 games of the year. I'm really hoping it fits in there. And, you know, is this good? So just make sure to try out the demo on August 18th. Yeah, I haven't played any of them. You think I'll enjoy them? So the, the, the reason this one's going to be a lot more different is because it's more of a. Uh, like an open world, kind of like how Kingdom Hearts combat is in a way, or like newer Final Fantasy games tend to be. So that's why I would say you should try it because the I know turn base can turn off people, mm-hmm. and this might end up being like a better option for new players to come in and try the game. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I I enjoy a good turn based RPG for sure. I just haven't played one in a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go with. Let's see. What's a good one? I don't have a good segue for this, so I'll just go right into it. Um, (laughs) So Xbox is, I guess you could have said from the demo on your Xbox, is getting a night mode, um, which will not only dim your TV, but also your controller. Um, I don't do a whole lot of late, late night gaming anymore, but I know back in the day, like if you were playing at late hours of, you know, one, two in the morning, sometimes that controller could be obnoxiously bright in your hand, especially if you have all the lights off in the room. So kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's something that phones have had in computers forever, right? So we're just starting to see it in consoles now. Yeah, and like kind of to segue off that because we're just focused on segues today. Xbox did confirm that they are going to be having a stream during Gamescom on August 24th. And this is just a good a good thing to see. Hopefully Gamescom I guess we could say is one of like the major players in games conferences. It's not like E3, but I would consider Gamescom kind of like a uh, a PAX, PAX East, past PAX West, in a way. And hopefully we get news on Halo. That's yeah, I was just gonna I'm say, do you think we get a, a date, a release date for Halo? I feel like they have to do it soon. If it's coming mm-hmm. out this holiday season, they really do have to. And this is the place to do it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. The week before Black Friday is there is when it'll date. come out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I'm going to say. I could be totally off. That I have no no uh, information at all. I'm just guessing. <laughs> that's pretty close to the anniversary of the yeah. Xbox Series X. So I'd say, yeah, that's probably a good one. I do think they'll do it exactly on the anniversary of the series. Of okay. the Series X. Yeah, so. I could see that. Um, I'm going to steal a headline that you probably had because I think it's funny if I say it. Sony buys Crunchyroll for $1.175 billion. Barry, is that worth it? Uh, that's kind of <laughs> hard to say, I guess, for the most part. Like, Sony already owns Funimation, which is mm-hmm. all, which is the 
also one of the biggest streaming anime sites. So now you have Sony that now has both Crunchyroll and Funimation. So about two years ago, I want to say Funimation and Crunchyroll like partnered to show all the same stuff. One was focused on English like dubbing of anime and the other one Crunchyroll was focused on getting the sub stuff out as fast as possible. Everybody at that point kind of switched over to Crunchyroll, and once Funimation kind of found out that this wasn't a deal that was worth it for them, they went ahead and broke off that deal. So I'm kind of waiting to find to see whether or not Sony either bundles it all up into one or makes it the same thing, where you have dub on Funimation and Crunchyroll more focuses on sub. I just hope it's for the I hope it's for the good of anime in general. You know, I do have to admit, I pay for both of these subscriptions separately, so it would be nice if I could have one easy payment just so they could charge my account with both, even if it is the same price. Um, but I hope it, uh, like, much like how consoles have exclusivity, so did both of these sites where certain animes are only airing on there. So maybe there's a bit more of a cross-weaving of, you know, not so many on one site and so many on another, just to make it easier on consumers. Do you think since Sony's buying Crunchyroll that we see them roll it into your PlayStation Plus subscription? You know, I th- I never thought of that, but mm-hmm. that's probably a really decent way to answer um, like Game Pass. Right. That's like, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, people have been wondering what Sony's answer to Game Pass is. And if they're going to if they're going to put Crunchyroll and Funimation into my PlayStation Plus, and I'm going to mention without raising it, I think that's an incredible deal Yeah, uh, for a lot of people. Like, Funimation and Crunchyroll right now, if you only pay for about a month, it's about, like, $9, so as long as you, like, could skip a fast food meal, you can afford this a month. But if if they bundle it in all together, that's awesome. I That was a really good question, Craig. I've, uh, I, I hope it would. That would yeah. be cool. But, yeah. uh, you know, we, we really don't know these things just because Sony also helps develop a lot of anime and helps with the animation and everything like that. So and CGI as well. So if they. We may find that this is kind of a way for Sony to be like, oh, all of the anime movies we work on, which anime movies have been making money recently here in the United States uh, are only going to be on these two sites, which would also help them make more money. So, you know. Hopefully, hopefully it all works out for Sony. I just hope it's for the good of the consumer. Yeah. Next on my list, uh, kind of a weird one here, only because neither you and I have experienced this yet. Back for Blood zombies are reportedly saying the N word, and yeah. I'm the the N word. I'm not going to go into. Uh, you won't catch you you won't catch me saying anything like that here, and neither should anybody in general. Yep. But. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that this is happening. I haven't seen really any clips of the zombies saying the N-word or anything like that, but if, if it's even anywhere close to um, to the N-word, I have a feeling that it's going to... Uh, like the They should probably be fixing this right now because... And this has nothing to do with gaming, but on a similar story, during a baseball game the other day, um, there's a mascot called Dinger, and a player or a fan was calling over the mascot named Dinger when a player thought he was saying the N-word. So the player asked for the fan to be investigated and, you know, kind of found out that this was a huge misunderstanding. So 
I can see where a lot of this confusion comes in, I guess, in a way. And hopefully the back for, you know, the zombies in this game aren't actually saying the N word, but I can't confirm until we play the beta, which is going to be later, uh, later on this month. Yeah, I didn't see any clips either, but I would think it's something they're probably just going to patch out. Um, hopefully it's just something they didn't catch in their uh, quality control here. Um, and it's not something intentional. I don't think it would be, but this I'm sure this will be gone day one. And probably when the open beta comes out, I would assume it'll probably be gone too. I hope so. Uh, to get accused of like saying this word, you kind of have to, you kind of have to get pretty close to this word in order yeah. to say it. Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe it's just like they're starting off with like or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I, it's it's a strange one from from my point of view. But it's yeah. what's happening in gaming. <laughs> so also we got a look at so a better look at Forza Horizon, um, which is coming yep. out pretty soon. Um, and we got a new look at the uh, Toyota Supra, the 2022 Toyota Supra, which kind of debuted in this trailer for Horizon, which I think is kind of cool. I know there's been other cars that have debuted in games before. I just don't remember what they are, but I remember a couple games where they were like, oh, this is the first time you can see this car, which is always a cool idea for car companies. Um, but the other thing that caught my eye from their little press release is the map is 50% larger than the last Forza Horizon, which the last one was gigantic. Um, I, yeah. I tend to be on the fence that you don't have to make things bigger just for the sake of being bigger. But in a racing game, I think it kind of makes sense to just add more space. So I'm still super excited. I really like the Supra, so I'm excited to get that car like immediately and drive that around. But in general, I'm just super, super pumped and I want to play this game real bad. Yeah, Forza Horizon 5, I think, is definitely going to push the limits of our series, series X's. And I feel like this is probably one of the first games that is really going to come out and try to take advantage of everything that this has to offer. You know, they've updated Forza Horizon 4 to this. You know, it's practically a series X game right now, but this is almost you know, this is the closest we're going to get to it. Yeah. And you're right. I'm pretty sure the McLaren Senna for 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 Horizon 4 debuted when they showed off Horizon 4. Okay. And I'm yep. pretty sure the Mercedes uh the Mercedes from the trailer from E3 was also kind of debuted that car also debuted there. And I'm just yeah, I'm with you. I'm super excited for this game. And in I guess racing games it makes sense to have the map bigger. Like we don't need, you know, a a GTA map like that mm -hmm. size a lot of the time but you know hopefully this game lives up to ours and everybody else's expectations of it. yeah it makes sense to have a big map because you don't have to cram it with a ton of things in each area because you're just racing so you can have big open areas and it's fine in a racing game whereas it's not in just an open world game but as long as they keep it entertaining and keep the stuff fresh man this is another game that people are going to be playing for at least a couple of years until the other one, a new one comes out. Yeah. Or until motorsport motorsport eight. Yeah. Is announced. Yep. Next one I'll talk about is, and it's almost kind of like a review, but the Ariana Grande concert happened over the weekend. And from what I watched of it, it was really pretty. Um, you know, the whole concert was definitely well produced and had a lot of like set pieces to it. The bad part of it, it was only 15 minutes. Uh, and it, Kind of when it started, it didn't even have like Ariana Grande songs in it. It was like two songs that weren't her, but then everything else was. But 
it kind of took you through all these set pieces where you're flying on a broom and Ariana Grande's flying around. Uh, there's this one where you're kind of on bouncy pads and she's flying around in the circular formation thing. Uh, th there's a lot going on in the concert that's hard to explain, but it was it was an okay concert, uh, virtual concert, I should say. And it was pretty. The visuals are... Uh, Fortnite team does a good job with like the visuals and stuff because Fortnite is such a bright game that I think her music fits well with this. And, uh, it, that's really the only complaint I hear about it. Yeah, I heard a bunch of good stuff about it. They said, you know, the stuff that I read, I didn't actually watch any of it yet, but uh, that it was the best concert they've done so far. So it seems like they're learning from each previous one that they do. Um, and that's a good thing. It's such a cool idea. It's something I'd love to see more games try. Um, but other games don't have quite the following that Fortnite does, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the last bit of news that I have is possibly a GTA, uh, I'll say original GTA trilogy remake, um, which would be GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Um, there isn't any substantial like concrete evidence, but it has been, I guess people have been saying the leak is that that's what these are. When they had their uh, meeting for investors, they had it listed as three previously released remastered games that are coming out uh, 2022, which would mean sometime next year. I would be all on board for playing all three of those games again um, if they're remastered. I think that would be a good way to have some good faith towards people who are already kind of upset about how long it's supposed to be until the next GTA comes out. So this would be a good way to be like, here's these for now while we work on GTA 6. Yeah, I uh, from someone who's never played one, two or three, and I did start at four when I was younger, I would say that this is a good opportunity, of course, for all the new fans that they got to try to try their older ones. Yeah, it it does need to be remastered in a way that makes like that welcomes like the four and five players, which is where a lot of, you know, their fan base currently is and still playing five mm -hmm. with that kind of stuff. So. Hopefully it's not just hopefully it's more like the Mafia Definitive Edition where it's kind of like the upgraded textures, new models get redone and everything like that. And I think that would definitely make it worth it to charge like 60 bucks or something for it. Because other than that, if it's just going to be a, a slight upgrade, I yeah. I'd have a hard time trying to. I, I think the, the obvious answer, at least for me, is to use the GTA 5 engine to redo these games. Um I know back in like the PS2 era, they had a bundle, which I still have. That was the GTA bundle that came with those three games. So if they could recreate that bundle with the um, new one, I would be all about buying like a collector's edition to make it look identical to the one I have on my shelf of my PS2 version. So I'm 100 yeah. percent in. I will play through those games again. I play through them at least once a year anyway. So give them to me. Yeah, perfect. So the other two news stories I have, which is weird that I'm talking about them <laughs> since you brought up the anime one. Early access for Diablo 2 will start August 13th and the open beta is going to start August 20th to 23rd. I guess the reason I bring it up one, you know, there's plenty of people who like Diablo and plenty of people who want to know this news. But, you know, it's from Blizzard and, uh, you know, maybe they released this information to try to get some of the heat off of them with these lawsuits. <laughs> Not going to work because it's so bad with what they have going on. But I felt like people should know when the 
beta stuff begins for it. Then I have Dr. Disrespect starting a game studio, and he claims it's going to work with mega influencers. So be prepared for your streaming simulator game with Pokemon as the as the star or Valkyrie or himself. Yeah, uh, it, I don't know. I've, I don't know what he's really getting at with all this stuff. I don't hear a lot about Dr. Disrespect anymore now that he's on YouTube live instead of Twitch seems like he's been staying out of controversy which is good for him but um i don't much understand him trying to start a gaming studio <laughs> so obviously i tend to pay a little bit of attention for him if i were to uh pan my camera here up you would see i have the dr disrespect funko pop the cassette with one of his singles and also the game fuel edition can so i have the little i guess you could call it a shrine i don't know um but i know i think part of this was he obviously plays a lot of Warzone, um, and uh, as of late, I don't know if he reinstalled it, but he uninstalled Warzone at one point because he was done with it. Um, he's been yeah. playing a lot of Apex lately, um, but the game studio thing in general is supposed to be so he can make his own battle royale, something that you know aligns with how he likes to play the game, which could be good. It could be terrible. Who knows? I guess it depends on who's working on the game, but if it gives us a decent battle royale that's different from the options that we have, I'd be down to at least try it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I don't know how much I'm going to be interested in a new battle royale with mm -hmm. Dr. Disrespect's team on it, <laughs> but I guess it's something different where hopefully it's something different where we've, you know, seen a lot of the major game developers go for some sort of battle royale or attempt one, uh, Maybe one made by like a, a fan that we know of with Dr. Disrespect that might change the game a little. I'm not sure how much we can reinvent the wheel here when it yeah. comes to Battle Royale, considering how many of them have come out over the past five years. True. Very true. I mean, it's not something he's going to be able to put out overnight. So I'm assuming this is probably a ways off if he's just getting started. And by that time, maybe Battle Royales have kind of died off. So who knows? It might be too late. Yeah, and he probably still needs to find developers or a team in mm -hmm. order to get this started. So yep. might be a while and you know, don't I wouldn't be counting your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> yeah. Uh with 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 his game here. Other than that, it's gonna be it for news here. Let's go ahead and start for the games that we played this week, which um we'll probably talk about the new Apex Legend Legend season. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Final Fantasy DLC. That I finished and I got my hands on the Fashion Police Squad <laughs> beta. Yes. From Craig. Uh, what what did you end up playing this, this week? Um, I played some Tokyo Olympics 2020 and uh, I am done with Dead Space 1 and I started Dead Space 2. Perfect. Well, we already talked about the Final Fantasy DLC, so I'll start and I'll, I'll get that out of the way here. Mm -hmm. The Final Fantasy DLC I thought was pretty good. It, it ended up being pretty short. I finished it in about four hours because the combat toward the end ended up getting pretty hard for me. Mm -hmm. But the more that they continue to show with these after like after the game scenes, I just have no idea what they what they plan on doing here. You know, there's characters from from what you told me, Dirge of Cerberus mm -hmm. is the characters that were shown off here. There's characters from Final Fantasy Craft crisis core that are also shown here and then we kind of have the regular trio and it just feels like 
are these like three universes going to clash in some way? Like were all the games in other universes that like, it's weird to say that because like crisis core didn't take, didn't take a uh, place in another universe. It was a prequel to seven. Yep. And what was dirge of Cerberus to seven? A side story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but did it in dirge of Cerberus, did any of the characters from the original final fantasy play a part in dirge? Of Cerberus? I don't think so. I don't remember any of them being in it. That was a long okay. time ago, but I don't think so. But yeah, like the, they just came, they just see, seem to keep adding another layer of confusion to all of this. Yep. And I really enjoy the combat in this game. Like this game, like really hits it with the combat and the uh, I feel like the character and the ending that I uh, the ending that you get at the game kind of sticks like Yuffie is fun. She's a character that like the reason you're only playing with two is because Yuffie's kind of overpowered. Yeah. You know, um, the only thing I wish is I didn't have to assess every enemy all the time. I wish I could just like auto assess the moment uh, the moment I got a ability bar. But I digress. Final, uh, the Final Fantasy DLC is fun. I do think that you definitely probably could have put this on last gen systems. I don't really see why this got locked behind the PS5. Because for me, I had to buy the whole new game. I had to buy the PS5 version of Final Fantasy. So I've now bought it twice. Just one with the DLC. So, you know, I, I'm a little salty about that. But... <laughs> Maybe when I replay the game, I'll replay it on my PS5 and I'll get to see, you know, whether or not the upgraded visuals are worth it. Because to be honest, Final Fantasy VII looks downright gorgeous yeah. on on the PS4. So I, I really don't know what you would get out of a PS5 that it more particle effects like there's enough. There's enough going on in this game uh, that I don't know how much the PS5 can add to it. But one day I'll find out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know why it's locked behind PS5 other than maybe that was just a decision made to make people want to buy a PS5. I don't know, but I don't think a four hour DLC is going to convince anybody to buy a PS5 strictly based on that. Um, I think that if you you know the picture of uh, Charlie Day from Always Sunny where he has like the, the strings and he's trying to explain everything crazily. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like that's what you do with me with kingdom hearts. And now this is what I'm going to be doing with you with final fantasy and be like, well, no, if you look over here, this connects here and this connects here. Like that's, it's going <laughs> kingdom hearts level to me with how like convoluted they're getting and bringing, trying to make all these characters from all these games somehow intertwine and, and meet each other. I don't know that it's needed, but it's also something that they always do. Like square always does this. I don't know why they can't ever stick to a normal story, but I mean, for now, I'm enjoying it, but I do think by the time we get to the end of however many games this takes, we're going to be in the same boat we were with Kingdom Hearts. Where we're like, I don't really know what happened, but it was fun to play. <laughs> Look, as long as they can write time traveling into like a decent story here, then I think the game will probably be end up being better off than Kingdom Hearts was just because it's not being led by Tetsuya Nomura. Like yeah. he... If, for people who don't know, Tetsuya Nomura was kind of the lead person when it came to uh, Kingdom Hearts, and a lot of the story decisions that came down was because of him, and that's what confuses everybody. Whereas Final Fantasy VII, Tetsuya Nomura's working on it, but he's not the he's not the lead. He's not the the end all be all here. Yeah. So we'll see how long it takes the next game to came out to come out. I'm hoping 2023. 
is when we get the next part here. I'm hoping it's a trilogy, if I'm being honest. I'm hoping that they can space this out enough to where uh, we can get a decent amount of the game and not have to wait, you know, 10, 8, you know, 8 to 10 years for this game to be resolved. Yeah. That's that's all I can really hope for, but the Final Fantasy DLC was worth my time, and Yuffie quickly became one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she is a ton of fun, but they are for sure going to have to reel her back in a little bit if she's going to be in the next game, because otherwise, why would you play as anybody else in your party? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Because just, just being able to find the weakness of anybody and then make your ninjutsu whatever element they're weak to was, yeah, pretty overpowered. Yeah, for real. Um, let's talk about, I mean, the Olympics just ended, so we can talk about the official title, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. I had to look in front of me here. And then underneath that, it says the official video game by Sega here. So it's quite the mouthful. Um, I've been watching a lot of Olympics uh, in this house. We've been kind of just it's always been on for I don't even know how many weeks it was on. Was that like a month or so? Yeah, at least yeah. Um, feels like it at least. So, you know, I, I figured I'd try this game. Um, I used to have a track and field Olympic game. I think I still have it for my regular Nintendo that I used to play all the time. And it was just fun to do all the different events. So this is more of that. Um, there's a ton of events in here. Track and field, basketball, baseball, uh, volleyball. There's just a million. Um, and for the most part, they all seem to work pretty well. Um, I wouldn't say that any are like, you're not going to play this version of basketball instead of 2K. Um, but I think it's serviceable in what they're trying to do. It basically comes down to like, almost like you're playing like Mario Party mini games, right? So like the track and field, you're mashing a um, you can hold a direction when it pops up on the screen. It'll give you a speed boost. Um, so all these different ones you can do. Uh, you can go for the gold in each one. You can play online. You can play offline. If you play offline and you get gold in a certain uh, whatever event, then you'll get challengers that'll come in, which are basically just harder computer players um, to race yeah. against. All in all, I've been having a ton of fun with it. I think this is a game that like inevitably this is going to be 20 bucks now that the Olympics are probably over. And I think it's a good party game. Um, there aren't too many party games that aren't on the switch. So for me, this would be a, a good game to have for like your Xbox or your PlayStation for inevitably when you start having people back over to hang out um, or you could just play online with your friends if you can convince them to buy it as well. But I've been having a lot of fun. I would 100% recommend it, but probably not for 60 bucks. Yeah. I guess like, and you'll have a bit more about it as well. We'll probably talk about the uh, Apex Legends new season that came out. Yeah. Uh, season, what is it, nine? Now? Yeah, we're on nine. Uh, where the new character seal was released. Uh, one, I'm kind of impressed the game didn't like crash mm -hmm. at all. I haven't heard of a lot of crashing bugs when it comes to the game. Two, when I first opened it up, things did look a little sharper. I'm not sure if there is like a new texture pack or something like that, but things do look sharper, even though on next-gen consoles, you're still playing the Siri, the the One X or the PS4 version, yeah. no matter which one you're playing there as. And Siri's pretty overpowered. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They did announce that he's going to be getting a nerf next week, so hopefully, or a downgrade, so hopefully he's a little bit more even with everybody, with all the other champions. But... The new map in World's Edge is pretty fun. I like all the spots that they've changed up. They kept kind of the main central spots uh, unchanged so that that way, you know, you could still land there or explore new spots. Uh, right now, this right now, the season has really been hitting for me and I'm really enjoying it. 
Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. I haven't been winning as much as we were like when the last season came out. I feel like we were winning at least one or two a night. Now I get like one or two a week. You know, that's what it feels (laughs) like sometimes. Um, But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I haven't had a single issue as far as connections this season at all. Um, I think the issue when you're solo queuing of filling the party, especially in duos, is still there. A lot of times if I do duos, I end up being by myself. Um, And I don't know why they haven't fixed that or made it at least a little bit better now. But I feel like that's probably at least 50% of the time when I'm solo queuing duos, I will end up by myself. Um, So, I mean, if they can't figure that out, maybe they just add solos back in. I know they've said this is not a single player. This is a team game. But maybe that's the solution there so that you can keep your duos in duos. Um, But also, I, I also read today that they're supposed to be adding cross progression. They said 2022, so hopefully it's early 2022. I'm going to be super excited for that because personal issue for me, my Twitch Prime uh, somehow is like tagged to my PlayStation version of Apex and I can't get it to switch to Xbox. So all my Prime loot is stuck on PS5 okay. and I don't play it on PS5. So if we can merge them yeah. and also the Switch version so you're constantly, you know, doing you know raising your level regardless of where you're playing i think that's a big win um but overall tons of fun it still continues to me to be the best battle royale out there yeah it would be awesome and it would be a lot easier for me to stream apex Mm -hmm. if it were to become on my computer and i was able to carry over all my skins and progression that would be awesome and i'm really looking forward to and when if that happens yeah for apex yeah I'm sure they still have a lot of work to do, but I mean, they're saying 2022, so that's a wide gap. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Um, All right. So Dead Space 1 and 2. Uh, I did finish Dead Space 1. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back for another round or not. We'll see. Um, Had a ton of fun. It still holds up. I've, I've talked about that enough. Dead Space 2, I did start this week, and I will say having played a couple hours so far, the jump from one to two is insane with how much they improved. Um, it controls better. The The graphics are 10 times better um, compared to the first one. It's just all in all just a better game. The environments look better. I don't know if two has like a Series X upgrade if it's doing 4K or, you know, trying to. Um, but all in all, like there's a reason everybody says the second one is the best one. And I immediately remembered because I had a ton of fun when I was playing the first one. But as soon as you get to that second one, you're like, man, this is the game. This is definitely the game. So I'm definitely going to play through that. And then I'll be hitting you up for Dead Space 3 to do co-op. So be ready. Yeah, it should be fun. Mm -hmm. I never got to I never did finish uh, Dead Space 3. So hopefully uh, the co-op makes it worth it enough for us to play together. Yeah, for sure. I then finished off my week with the Fashion Police Squad beta on Steam, and I, I had a couple interesting thoughts about this game. Uh, one, it's a lot of fun. I, uh, I've never played this type of on, I think it's called on-rail shooter, where like this game is just really fast. Like You're just moving around constantly, stuff's constantly coming at you. It felt like an old shooter in a way and and for me i've never played old shooters like diablo uh, sorry um doom yeah where it was kind of going from one area to another and taking down enemies the style is an 8-bit so it is like a pretty classic and it looks really timeless there 
the music is this funky like 70s disco uh <laughs> when it comes to it but but the whole point of the game is you play as a police officer and your goal is to stop fashion crimes whether it's dull suits too bright colors or like you know the, your outfits too bright or your suits suits too loose or um your pants are too low and the whole point of the game is to switch between these weapons taking down these enemies in order to fix their suits so when i'm done getting the dull suit guy he has a you know a little bit cleaner suit the tailor um when it comes to loose suits you shoot like the tailor-made gun at them and the suit like suddenly fits and when you when pants are too low you hit them with your belt and the <laughs> pants is, uh the pants rise and they're fixed it's really funny uh like the game's self-awareness uh when it comes to you know like the the people whose pants are too low are coming out of the vape shop and they're blowing vape <laughs> smokes to to injure you which is pretty funny and then when you're done their pants are like fixed and they're blowing bubbles instead i don't know like the, the game's <laughs> self-aware is just really really funny and on, on top of that too it's the the platforming itself is fun uh there's a moment where you're swinging on rails using your belt of justice and the game just gets so fast that it's really addicting and it's something I've never played before. And, you know, I was talking to you about it where mm -hmm. I feel like this is how the older shooters felt. Yeah. Which sounds a lot of fun because the the first shooter I could ever remember playing was like Goldeneye on Nintendo 64. And that is nothing like what this is. Like yeah. Goldeneye is a lot slower where this game is just so much faster. And I'm. I'm really enjoying it, and when the game, you know, eventually comes out, hopefully you guys get to play it because it is it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked like it was a ton of fun. Um, I I grew up, I guess, playing those games, Doom and Wolfenstein, and that is the thing. Like compared to even games nowadays, they're just the speed is insane with how fast. Like it used to make it used to make me sick. Like especially Doom. Like if you were turning around and trying to shoot things quick, you would get like motion sickness because of how quick it was. So yeah. it's it's something we you don't really see as much anymore. So it's cool that some people out there are still trying to make that type of retro shooter. That's all and, I played. All right. So then we're we're good on games played then. Yep. We're then going to go into movies, which for me uh, and for both of us, it's going to be Suicide Squad. Yeah. Too. And the season's not over yet, but I did uh, was able to catch up with the majority of Dave season two. Okay. And uh, I know you got a little bit further into Outer Banks. but Yeah, I'm on episode eight, so I'm almost done. I'm like halfway through episode eight, so I'll definitely be done. I have it on my list here to talk about so far. Obviously, I don't know the ending, um, but I have a general idea where it's going here. <laughs> yeah. And was there anything else you watched or just those No, two? just those two. I was solely focused in on Outer Banks this week. Perfect. All right, so... We'll leave Outer Banks for last because we'll probably go into spoilers. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about Suicide Squad. Spoilers. Um, spoiler, spoilers <laughs> yeah. for any of the movies and TV shows we talk about here where Suicide Squad is just a lot of fun. Like mm -hmm. it is end to end just craziness. It moves very fast and there's a there's a lot of laughs and there's a lot of excellent fight chore uh, like fight choreography in it. And there's even like some heart touching moments in it. Like 
I'm not sure how James Gunn just like fits all this. And <laughs> I, I really don't know how James Gunn ended up like how come he was able to make the Suicide Squad movie where the other director wasn't like I get it's just different visions and that kind of thing. But like this Suicide Squad is far better in really every way than what the original was. Yeah, I think I mean, supposedly there is like the the director's cut of the original Suicide Squad that's not PG-13 rated is an R rated that they had to not go with because they wanted uh, Suicide Squad to be PG-13. But I know like when you and I had talked, I personally believe that DC for at least for the time being needs to stick with the the rated R more violent um, superhero type movies because I think they have that down. Um, the Justice League cut was good. This is good. Um, they just know how to make those type of movies. And when they try and compete with what Marvel does, I don't think they end up working as well. So for me, like this type of movie is what I want to see. Um, I don't know like any of these characters besides Harley Quinn, but you still find that attachment. And it's the same thing James Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy. We didn't know those characters going in and we ended up loving them. So, I mean, yeah, this is phenomenal. John Cena's character is fantastic um idris elba is fantastic um harley quinn is still great she's always been great um but it's like the little characters to me that really stole it um even the ones who don't last very long do a very good job like the weasel yeah that that whole beginning is just so much fun like yeah. i remember seeing pete davidson and i was like oh like i love pete davidson he's a i, I love his comedy and i think uh, if he to to play to get a star role in that movie would be really awesome for him, and then spoilers, he doesn't make it very well. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Uh, you don't even get to see what his power is, right? Yeah, <laughs> he just dies. <laughs> yeah, so like it comes out and shows you how like violent it is very quickly. There's a lot of dismemberment going on, and in a really weird way, dismemberment. Yeah, but the movie starts off like not how I expected. And I think that's what like kind of got you into it. He was James Gunn was able to catch me off guard where a lot of these like superhero movies um, start the same way, especially for beginners where, you know, you get the prelude of where he's not the superhero yet into finally being a superhero. And then the rest of the movie talk about the struggles of being a superhero. Everybody in this movie has already been one. And just because you don't know who they are, you can, you understand like what they're doing and who they're there for or why they're doing it. You know, Idris Elba's character kind of gets the, the star here. He is the, he is the shining star of this movie. He's the one that gets the most background. He's the one that develops the most out of the entire movie and rightfully so. But as you said, it like Idris Elba's great Harley Quinn. Like she's by far like one of my favorites and the the entire cast is fun and what i wanted to mention to you was like about the r rating for this movie mm-hmm. whereas i think it fits for this i really don't think we could do an r-rated superman movie or an r-rated like aquaman movie yeah. but i think like when they try to take these gritty undertones i think it works i just don't like r-rated movies tend to be r-rated because they're full of blood and gore and cursing where in the comics we really don't get Superman tearing a man in half on a panel. Um, <laughs> Not that often, and, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of the only thing I you know, wanted to mention with that. And 
it might be a controversial take here, but at the end of Suicide Squad, this one, I feel like the reason it's succeeding and reviewing as well as it did is because, one, everybody had low expectations of it because of the first Suicide Squad, and I don't think we move as quickly in this movie if the first Suicide Squad doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you benefit of already knowing Harley Quinn because you've seen her in how many movies now? At least two or three. Um, I, I think for them using this to set up John Cena's character and then if, if people don't know, his character is going to have a show on HBO Max as well. So we're going to get to see more of him and we'll get to see probably his backstory and all that. So you don't need that in the movie. You can set that aside and just put him in there and let let John Cena do what he does, which is be a pretty good actor. Like if him playing the opposite of what he normally is, which is the good guy works very well for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's so over the top that you have to either buy in immediately like right when this movie starts or you're not going to have a good time i mean the villain is a giant starfish so like you have to be on you know come to terms with the fact that there is no roots in reality in in this movie at all and it is very very bloody yeah and even when like the odd like heroes come out like polka dot man like i had Mm -hmm. no idea what this man was or did but over the movie you kind of just get to learn to like him and you know, it was the same thing with, and I, I don't remember his name because I think the shark is referred to as a Hawaiian name or yeah. something like that. Yep. But, you know, he he's an interesting character as well, even though, like, his main point is to destroy. He's pretty much like Hulk in yeah. <laughs> the if is the equivalent of what the um, what the shark is. But all the characters get time to shine here and. Yeah, this this movie's great. I I look forward to watching it again. And luckily, I just get to, I don't have to go to the movies. I can just watch it on HBO. Yeah, you get to have the in your case the theater experience, and then you can watch it again at home and kind of you know actually dig in if you really want to and see things you might have missed the first time. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, it's yeah, and it, it's gonna be worth it. Like the yeah. and I told you about it. The whole scene with Harley Quinn getting out of like the prison was just awesome. Yeah, like. The entire fight scene was well done, and I didn't even realize that James Gunn had said that um, Margot Robbie, the actress for Harley Quinn, did that whole unlocking herself scene, like, in real life. Like, she just did that and unlocked the lock with her foot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the amount of strength that Margot Robbie must have is nuts. Yeah. And um, she's a phenomenal actress, and I, I really hope we get to see more of, like, Harley Quinn um in movies because she's such like she's a character that i've grown to really like regardless of the fact that she's kind of like the the joker's like right you know right hand girl yeah or right hand man for that matter i think they've worked really hard to make her stand on her own and for you to not look at her as the joker's girlfriend or whatever um i think they've done a good job of that showing that she's fully capable of you know killing a giant starfish by herself or you know what i mean like she can do anything that any of these other superheroes these super villains can do which i i appreciate yeah but it is it's really good you, yeah people people should go and see this a lot of uh reviewers i will mention did say you should go see it in imax i didn't see it in imax i did see it in a comfy chair though that was nice and uh 
Oh, I don't know if the IMAX is like this spectacular version of it, but the the surround like usually IMAX tends to be for like the surround sound type thing. And even in the movie theater, it was pretty good. I really can't complain about the, you know, the audio uh, mixing of it all. Cool. All right. So uh, I'll talk about Dave season two real quick and then we'll kind of go into uh, Outer Banks. Dave season two again, like I really liked the first season and I'm liking the second season as well. I just kind of miss the points where I would laugh in season one because Dave season two seems to be taking itself like pretty seriously. Like it goes into issues of like having writer's block, getting over an ex-girlfriend, trying to like fix that writer's block by any means necessary. A lot of like drama as well with a lot of these characters and it takes itself really seriously. And I think it says that I'm still enjoying the show, even though it's like not nearly as funny, but uh, when it does get funny, it surprises me and it's good. Like, like I still like season one better because that season made me laugh a lot more, but uh, season two will stand up in its own right. And I think we have like one or two more episodes coming out this season. I just hope that it, um, I don't know. It brings me back in with its ending here. Like I can kind of see where this ending's going. I just hope that it ends up being worth it. Yeah, I still haven't watched any of this. I'm. I feel like I should though. Uh, I feel like I would enjoy it. Uh, I just feel like every time I think about, I'll be like, oh, I need to watch this show. There's like ten other things, and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to watch this first. Um, I have my I have my Netflix list, my HBO list, my Hulu list, and my Amazon Prime list of things I need to get through. Um, and I like to have multiple going at once, which I like it drives my wife crazy that I like jump back and <laughs> forth between shows. But like I have to I always have to have like a half hour show for when I don't want to get like super invested before I go to bed. And for me right now, I, I switch to The Simpsons because I've literally never watched The Simpsons in my life. Um, and I feel like that's a, a big miss on my part. So I it's going to take me forever to get through. I don't even know, like 36 seasons or whatever of The Simpsons, yeah. but like. I feel like it's a it's something I need to get through. Um, so that's what I'm working on. And then hopefully Dave will fit in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like I I will say, like I uh, when Disney Plus first came out, like I watched all of The Simpsons as I was going to bed. Okay. So there's definitely episodes I've missed or something, but it is well worth your time. The Simpsons yeah. is. I've been enjoying Simpsons it so weird. far. Um, yeah, Sim- Simpsons is weird because it almost feels like it's timeless because even some of these older seasons like are relevant to this day or are still funny. Mm-hmm. The animation, I will say on the first season is pretty oh, rough. Yeah. It's oh, rough, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's still fine. Like I'm laughing and I'm enjoying it. Um, and just in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I know after like this season, the animation's going to get better. Cause this was, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So then let's go ahead and jump to the finale here, which is going to be outer banks. Season yes. two without the ending spoilers. Yes. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at now. That way you don't go past any of it. Um, yep. So again, spoilers out there for everybody. If you haven't watched it, go watch it because John B's the man. Um, but where I'm at now is to the point where um, Ward's wife realizes that he's not dead. Um, that's yep. where I'm at. She just opened the letter um, that he sent. I didn't see the letter. And I'm just at this point, I'm like, well, obviously he's still alive, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. So just so you were aware. 
Yeah, so I guess I'll kind of take it through like everything yeah. we're going on, like everything that's going on right now. Have ha, let's call it the first arc. How did how okay. have you felt? How did you feel about the first arc where it kind of picks up from the season and John B and Sarah are still like trying to get the gold before they meet up with uh Pope uh, Pope and JJ and uh and Key in yeah. Charlotte. So I enjoyed that first arc. Um I don't know if you ever watched uh, prison break the tv show prison break um but they did kind of the same thing there where the first season was obviously getting out of a prison and then it went right into like them on the run trying to find this treasure so it gives me a lot of that same vibe with this um but i thought it was very entertaining you had um i'm forgetting their names but the people that they are on the boat with you have like this love hate relationship because they try to screw them over and then they end up helping them um but i thought it was super fun i was like sucked back in like 10 seconds into the season i'm like yep let's go i'm ready to go this is a ton of fun yeah like with with, what i loved about that arc personally was just the like john b and sarah continuing to just kind of like use their wit to get about them Mm -hmm. like it kind of seems like like the plot is just so ridiculous that like (laughs) oh sarah's a regular at this hotel so she's able to fake and know all these hiding spots like is there a place where Sarah hasn't been like, is her family just that rich? She's a local everywhere, but you know, that's the fun of this. As long as you can suspend your disbelief for that, Sarah seems to be the all knowing traveler. God. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And I, I just like the undertones of like, just John B who, you know, loves Sarah, but is still really focused on trying to get the gold and get back at, you know, Ward for yeah. killing John B's father. Spoiler if you haven't watched season one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did warn you spoilers. I would say, too, that the way that they make John B meet up with every key and Pope and all those guys in Charlotte, I thought was really fun um, is kind of like especially the ending of one of the episodes. I don't remember which one it is, but um, they're driving over the bridge, uh, Pope and everybody. And they're like, oh, I wonder where John B is as they're going underneath the bridge on their boat. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then how they meet when they're both running from two separate people and they just run into each other on the road. That's really cool. Like it was a cool way to reunite everybody. It was very well done. Yeah. And like with that, we start to get into like Pope's. Uh, sorry, like this this season, I did tell you really focuses on Pope yeah. and Key, where JJ kind of had his time to sign in season one. And what what I like about it is after kind of the whole busyness of the first part of the season one here, season two kind of gets back into its roots, where. Um, you know, Pope gets told about this key and he has no idea what this lady is talking about. Do you happen to know the actress who's who's playing? I don't, but I've seen her in other things and I, I know don't she, remember where <laughs> she, she's a very she's a movie actress. I've yeah. definitely seen her in a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, kind of this crazy like Pope's like meets this crazy lady and, you know, we get to learn more about Pope and his past just in general about who he is and what uh, and what his family had to hide. Cause it just seems that everybody in this show was an amalgamation of some sort. Uh, and you know, we, I really liked Pope's character with, you know, with key, we have her trying to deal with not becoming, um, her mother, uh, yeah. where her mother has this just gargantuan fear that key becomes her. And 
you know, we we get a lot of this conflict between those two, and Keys also has her own conflict about liking and not liking Pope, yeah. which, you know, Pope just needs a win. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just cheering for my man Pope here, where yeah. he... He 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 does he deserves more than you know what he's than what the life in this show gives to. <laughs> True, I would a hundred percent agree. He's getting strung along by, you know, essentially his family, his and then also Key is kind of being like, I like you, I don't like you. Yes, I like you. Now I don't. So yeah, I do feel bad for him. Man, I can't imagine just like the, the Pope obviously likes her, and it's just yeah. like, come on, Key, like. <laughs> It's very hard to be friends when you just want to be like, oh, let's be together. No, let's not be together. You, you yep. know, yep. you know, Pope has always been like this serious character where he's not the one like getting high when it means like when, you know, lives are at stake where everybody else just seems to be like, oh, let's get drunk and let's get high. And then two minutes later, damn it, we're high and drunk <laughs> and we're yep. about to die. So <laughs> there is. You know, I, I like Pope for that reason, because he seems to be like the one character a bit more grounded in reality than everybody else. But uh, kind of the bigger thing here is what how did you feel about um, like Sarah and Ward like and Ward's relationship in a way where, you know, we've got John B, who as the god he is, is kind <laughs> of happy that Ward's dead and not comforting his girl. Yeah. Crying hysterically. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan of the way they went that way. Now, I mean, obviously I haven't seen the end, but it kind of seems like where I'm at in the show, like they're starting to mend it a little bit. Um, they're still kind of mad at each other. I can see both sides because after everything that Ward has done, that's still her dad. And I understand like seeing your dad die in quotations is traumatic. So you should have your loved one there to comfort you but at the same time you can see john b's perspective where not only did he kill his dad but he also had to try to have him killed in prison and also effectively almost got his daughter killed as well so i can see him looking at it as like a sigh like relief and being happy that like this man is gone justice has been served in a weird kind of way and i don't have to worry about him anymore so I see both sides. I think I tended to lean more towards John B than I did Sarah. Um, but again, that's it's it's good storytelling where you're like torn on that and you're going to be on pretty much one team or the other. Are you team Sarah or team John B? I think everybody knows where we're at, me and you. Oh, yeah. John B all the way. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Team John B. <laughs> I, I, I do have to say, like, during that kind of arc of the story, I was like really happy. Like when John B finally gets out of jail, I was like, wow, like this is his win. Yep. Like the entire first season is him just, you know, learning all this bad news, being on the run, hiding from everybody, trying not to get killed. Yep. And then for that good, like 10 minutes, we finally get John B where he doesn't he's not worrying about anybody killing him. He's not yep. worrying about, you know, anything. He's just happy to have his name cleared of everything going on. And, you know, that's good for him. But the one character we really haven't talked about, which is like my one of my MVPs this season is Rafe. Yeah. Like. Uh, and like, I don't know what it is, and I don't know how to judge an actor in any way, but like Rafe, every time he's in like the show is like stealing it for me. Like Rafe is my full attentions on him just because every time he gets on screen, I have no idea what he's going. To do. Yeah. 
I think it it speaks to his acting skills that like I I like what he's doing, but I can't stand to see him in a scene because I'm so like this kid, I swear to God, is so crazy. <laughs> you know, like you're just like, man, I can't stand this guy. But like, man, as an actor, he's absolutely killing it. Just portraying this like completely unhinged killer. Right. He's a murderer. Um, yeah. <laughs> he will do literally anything to get where he needs to go. Yeah, and one thing I'll say too is like, hopefully there is a Barry in this series. I hope he gets a win uh, <laughs> eventually. Here, Barry's like the weirdest character, and like when I found my own name in a series, I'm like, oh, it's Barry. Oh, this is the Barry. Dang, <laughs> it's, it's a bad representation of Barrys across the world. But you know, it's it's funny regardless. But you know. We'll, we'll talk about the it'll be a much shorter conversation next week, but we'll talk about yeah. the ending next week. And again, you guys should really be watching Outer Banks. Like there's a reason it's number one yep. in like Netflix's like top 10 thing. And again, it's because it's ridiculous and it's so much fun. It, it, it came really the first season came out of nowhere. But for me, um, as far as what Netflix puts out there, obviously, I think for Stranger Things is still their top dog, right? This is where they bring people in. But I think you got to put Outer Banks right underneath it as far as original TV shows. See, and for me, like if like to get into that discussion a little bit, like for me, it's like Castlevania. Okay. Because it is so good on there. I actually I actually haven't watched Stranger Things, which I probably should. Yeah, you should. And for me, second place is Outer Banks, too. Yeah. Uh, Outer Banks in general. So it's like Outer Banks as long as the third season comes out and blows my mind, it probably will take the, the top spot of Castlevania. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's just how much fun this show is. And I, do you think that they're going to get with Outer Banks? Do we get to the point kind of like with Fast and the Furious where every season they have to up their up themselves? So we just get more and more ridiculous to the point where we're like, OK, the first two seasons were somewhat grounded in reality. Now we're nowhere near that. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Once once <laughs> yeah. you get to the once you get to the ending of season two, you're going to be like, what is going on? <laughs> like, that's how I felt. And OK, you'll you'll see what I mean when you get to the end of the season. That's fair. Hopefully, hopefully you end up enjoying that ending as much as I do. Uh, but with that, hopefully you enjoyed the enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed Outer Banks, because we're going to end it here. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys are liked it, please make sure to tweet at us or share the podcast with friends. Hopefully they enjoy it as well. If you're interested in supporting us, we have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us mostly at high sensitivity gaming where the Twitter is high underscore sensitivity uh, there in case you want to get in contact with us there. We do have a Twitch. I am close to fixing my streaming setup. There's just <laughs> nice. a couple more. There's a couple more wiring things that I need to do, and I need to also like fix my t- fix the TV that I usually do it on, which should only take me another week here. But I will be back to streaming and expect Apex Legends. I'm probably going to play uh, Mafia Definitive Edition on here too. Okay. I just like Mafia games, so I think it'll be fun. But hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. I right, see you later. See you later. Mm-hmm.